Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price-dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory, a proud member of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Bauer. You can find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. And if you enjoy the show, hit that subscribe button and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts to let us know how we're doing, whether it's positive or negative. Hopefully most of them are positive. We are joined tonight by Dan LaMagna. That is <laughs> at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What's going on, Dan? Man, other than my, uh, you know, little daughter posting horses on my Twitter page, I, I'm pretty pumped up for tonight's show. You know, the, the Cowboy cheerleaders reported to camp. Important update there as, as we're monitoring the COVID status. And uh, the Rocks bringing back the XFL, man. I'm even bringing the Rock swag out for tonight's show. So l- let's go. I was actually waiting to see how long it would take you to mention the rock and it didn't take very long over then, under on one minute <laughs> uh, yeah it was right around there it was really close i will have to see exactly where it clocked in but we're also joined by mitch Sorensen. that's at dino mc on twitter what's going on mitch what's up guys Dude, we have news to talk about we haven't had actual news in months but now you can pull up twitter because you have like reed is signing with the 49ers so everyone's saying you know Kittle isn't a first rounder anymore. It's it's an amazing time to be on Twitter. There's hot <laughs> takes galore. It's that point in the off season, and I mean everybody's just extremely bored. So if any little piece of information comes out, including Jordan Reed being signed by the San Francisco 49ers, you better knock George Kittle down your draft board to maybe the fourth or fifth round. And that's probably being generous. I, I was looking through our feed. This is episode 83. We are creeping up, up on triple digits. We're getting there. So tonight we are joined by another fantastic guest, and we were supposed to have two, but we'll give Shane a hard time off the air here. So he is one of the hosts of FF Breakdown and the Super Flexible Podcast, and I'm going to say his name. I didn't know the, your actual name until earlier today, but we are being joined by Jason Sukup, and you might know him. Thank you. Thank you. I practiced all night. You might know him as FL Two Drink Minimum on Twitter. So, Jason, I'm just going to call you Two Drink for the rest of the episode. I I feel so much better. Yeah, yeah. So, Two Drink, what's going on tonight, man? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, for sure, fellas. I'm stoked to be on tonight. I always enjoy listening to you guys, so it's nice to be on the the live feed with y'all. You're in Florida, hence the FL Two Drink Minimum. And that took me a while to figure out. At first, I was like, what's this FL? At first, I was like, floor, like you're hitting the floor (laughs) after two drinks. I don't know. But you're dealing with some crazy weather down there. So you hanging in there? Uh, Yeah, dude, I got got lucky. Um, It it seemed like most of... I I still have no idea how to say it. It doesn't matter. It stayed east of us and Florida lucked out. Hopefully, the Carolinas do too. So Mitch, Dan, and I, we've talked about this several times. And... With you being on the two podcasts, FF Breakdown and Super Flexible, have mm-hmm. you and Shane talked about what the hell you're going to do if there's no season? I mean, honestly, not not really. <laughs> we we kind of fly by the seat of our pants, and and we will continue to have good conversations around football players and values and and that kind of thing if if that's where we need to go with it. But but to be honest, no. I mean, this is craziness, right? I, I know there was a there was a stoppage back in what 2010, 09-10 season or whatever shortly, but even then got it going. So this is something that the fantasy community of ours has not experienced yet. So we're all kind of going through it together. And two drink before we get into the content, 
you had to have heard this before, but you sound like somebody, and I don't want to say who it is. It's a famous person. It's a celebrity. Have you ever been told you sound like somebody? Uh, yeah. Who's the person? Yeah. I mean, I'm uh, Jim Brewer is the one that I get a lot from people, which I don't necessarily hear. But where no. where are you going? Ruxin from the league. Huh. Okay. Nope. Mitch, I don't, Dan, I don't have you, did you? I never watched it. Never oh, watched okay. it. All right, well, that's going to completely miss the boat here. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty sarcastic, so maybe it comes off in some of the things I say too. I, I hear you. I don't know. Whenever you guys had me on, kind of a dick. A while Keep back, going. It's cool. <laughs> hey, hey, I didn't say it. You said it. But when you had me on Super Flexible the one day, you were talking. I'm like, he sounds just like Ruxin. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Ruxin. I, I took a, a note. Out. Yeah, I can see it going. I'm gonna watch. I mean. this. <laughs> yeah, Dan and Mitch, after the show tonight, just go look up a clip. That's all I'm asking. You don't have to watch the show. But anyway, now that we figured out, we stay away about from the Vinegar Jim. Strokes episode. <laughs> Take another note. Right. <laughs> JB got that one at least. <laughs> as soon as we jump off here, Dan's going to go type that in. He's going right. to Google that episode specifically. I'm like that kid that you told not to do it that's going to yep. do it now. You just Thank push right. the button. My bad. <laughs> All right, guys, and, and Mitch specifically, I want to start with you because I think you and I, we might battle here, and oh. we've argued about this, whether it's in chat, on Twitter. You like to creep into my DMs and say that I'm being hot takey with this, but I, I still don't think so. But what are your thoughts here? I'm going to get around to everybody. In your opinion, how is the NFL doing in terms of uh, – are they doing a good job with what they're doing this offseason with preparing the players and the teams for the 2020 season? I think so. Based off the amount of players and coaches and how the NFL is, putting them in a bubble just isn't going to really happen when you have 4,000 people. There's no way to make a bubble with 4,000. And you can compare it to the NBA. The NBA has maybe 30 players per team or 30 total people per team in that bubble. The NFL has 55 people rosters, not including the 20 coaches and the staff and everybody else included into it. So the bubble just was never going to happen in the first place. And one other thing is something that's rarely mentioned is everything has to be also be passed by the Players Association. This isn't just the NFL coming down and being like, okay, guys, we're going in a bubble. If the Players Association doesn't agree to it, it doesn't matter if that's what the NFL does because the players won't agree. And I wish I could remember which podcast it was, but I think it was on Move the Sticks. They were talking to um, a rep and he was just like, that was never in the conversation for us, was to go into a bubble. That wasn't something we were going to no negotiate in the first place. So while it would be a perfect situation because we know the bubble works, it was never going to happen. Dan, before I go off on a tirade, what are your thoughts here? Mitch is the old wise one tonight. I'm with Mitch, JB. So you're going to go off on a super tirade. I love what the NFL is doing overall. Um, you know, being knees deep in this, working uh, on a return to campus plan for Lackawanna College, I know this stuff is not easy. And I think everyone just likes to critique the NFL for something, but man, they've got it down to one-way trafficking, touch touchless buildings, facility plans. I think Mitch, you and I kind of came across or stumbled upon the uh, LA Rams uh, videos of guidelines. Wow, is that impressive? If you fans have a chance to just check it out and you're curious to this stuff, you go to larams.com or Google Rams COVID plan and you will find it. And they've got it down. Yeah, I think the NFL, NBA are being pioneers in this. Um, to Mitch's point, there's no bubble in the NFL. But, you know, just because we see all these positive tests right now and I think people panic a little bit, he's got COVID. We knew this was coming. This, this is not a surprise. Some of these guys, yeah, they have COVID, they don't even have a symptom. 
you know, so this is all preventive of the NFL before they even, you know, really go full swing. So my only concern would be, you know, when the season starts, if there's something we don't know right now, but I think the NFL is putting themselves in a good position to get the season off. So enough of that negative talk, JB, where are you going with this? Seriously though, how can you look at this and say they have it down? Look at what these other leagues are doing. And I think saying the league is too big, too many players, that's a cop-out. It's not the a NH- cop-out because it's no. true. The NHL between players and staff, they're almost at 4,000. They're doing multiple hub cities. So why is it going to work for them but not the NFL? Look at Major League Baseball. That season's going to be done in two weeks. They're not having problems like Major League Baseball at this point. You know, the Marlins were a little bit irresponsible and decided, you know what? Ah, we got COVID. We can still play a game. And somehow it didn't cross their mind that they shouldn't play the game versus the Phillies before those guys they knew tested positive. But the NFL's not in that boat, John. I haven't seen the mistake that would make me say they're not doing it right. This didn't happen until the Major League Baseball, until they started playing games. So, of course, it hasn't happened in the NFL. We're not ma- – oh, my. The Two game had nothing – so real quick, oh, hold, on, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, you hold on for a second. So really quick, you brought up the games. When the Marlins played the Phillies, guess what happened to the Phillies players after they played the game with the Marlins having COVID? None of the Phillies tested positive afterwards. The game had nothing to do with it. You're right. The game had nothing to do with it. And this issue is still happening in Major League Baseball. Now you want to get these guys on a football field where they're not just running around the bases, not being close to each other at all. I'm sorry, but I I don't see how we're going to look at this and say it's a success. To drink, talk some sense into these guys, please. Um, <laughs> I, Hold your I, own, Jay. Hold uh, your own. Don't, yeah, don't I, no peer pressure. I think uh I think football did what they needed to do. They waited as long as they as they could. And honestly, I think they're still kind of waiting. They're still, you know, they had that opportunity where they saw that the other sports were gonna have to play in front of them, right? So let's see where where they make mistakes at, hopefully, and we can correct that before we have to get to ours. I think we can agree, though, the NBA bubble doesn't work. Dude's out at strip joints eating chicken wings, right? I mean, like, it's, but, that's but not when he came back either. He, but he was quarantined when he came back, and I've heard those are damn good chicken wings. <laughs> that's what everybody goes there for, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> All about I, the wings. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know, guys. I, clearly, we're not going to agree on this, especially Mitch and I. But, again, in, in two months, whenever we're trying to figure out, oh, what do we do now that the season stopped after four weeks? I don't know. To, to, to Jason's point, I, I think the key point he said there is the NFL is pushing it off as far as they can. We haven't gotten to games yet. So I, I think some of this is still to be determined there, and we will see when we get to that point. But hopefully they are learning from Major League Baseball's mistakes, learning from what the NBA is doing right, and uh, we're in a good place because we have a fantasy football season to play here. Look, Dan and Mitch, your cause – two drink is now becoming four drink, I'm pretty sure. He's not, he's, 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 <laughs> that was five? I can't <laughs> Five drink. There you go. But okay. So Major League Baseball, clearly there are issues, but I, I, I just don't see a way that a league that plays games pretty much every day where they're actually preoccupied and they still can't control themselves. You're telling me these NFL players, they're going to say, you know what, guys, let's stay in tonight. Let's play game Monopoly. Let's not try to go out to the club, guys. I think basketball is a much more representation of what football is, though, with the sport, right? Like baseball, they're running around. Even like when you have a guy on, you know, on one of the bases, like at first base, right? Even them talking there is pretty minimal. Basketball, you're breathing and sweating on top of each other consistently, skin to skin, you know what I mean? In a lot of these situations, banging down low, exerting yourself. That's much more like offensive line, right? So there, 
I think they need to learn more from what basketball is moving forward than than what you know baseball has done. Also, just side note, real quick, did you guys see the uh, the video of the Broncos walking out to their practice like through the yeah, sanitizer machine? Like that shit can't be good for you either to walk through. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> There's also a point to it might be going a little bit overboard. Right? Nobody's gonna get COVID from me, but I just ingested sanitizer into my system too. Like that's gotta have some effects on you. <laughs> Instead of an ice bath after a game, they're just gonna lay in Lysol and they're just gonna clean me, clean me. All right. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much time on this. But again, it's like I'm sitting here beating a dead horse because the three of you clearly you just aren't getting it. We're the intelligent ones. Well, that's yeah, fine. Three that's one fine. seems like the answer. I don't know. That's usually no. Enough. No. <laughs> no. no. Listen here, Five Drink. One. No, easy over there, Five Drink. Um, okay, so let's get into some news here. Oh, well, you know what? Before we get into the news, because we have a few pieces we're going to talk about, but this is probably a really good time to cut away and listen to a word from our fantastic sponsor. Who out there is ready to unveil their summer body? I'll be the first to admit that quarantine hasn't necessarily been great for my physique, but at least I don't look like I'm wearing a bear rug on my chest. I have already gone on one vacation this year, and even though I might not have that six-pack, guys, my chest, it was silky smooth. Go to manscaped.com and check out the Perfect Package 3.0 kit, which includes the Lawnmower 3.0 body trimmer with a ton of other great stuff. And if you subscribe to the Perfect Package, not only are you going to get a new blade refill delivered to your front door every three months, but for a limited time, you're going to get two free gifts. You're going to get the travel bag and also the high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. And I can tell you, they are beyond comfortable. So go over to manscaped.com, check out all of the great products they have, and use code THEORY20 to get not only 20% off, but also free shipping. Again, that's code THEORY20 for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. All right, to drink Antonio Brown suspended minimum eight games what are you doing with this information for fantasy whether it's redraft dynasty or should we even care at all i i don't care about it in redraft that's too many games to worry about and and figure out down the road um it's not the same type situation but it feels a lot like what uh asia green was last year draft them in the middle of late rounds and redraft and just you know put them on ir and hope and it never really happened Dynasty wise, I think anybody that has them is probably going to hold on to them just to figure it out. I still have one on a dynasty league that just happens to be sitting there, and I was like, whatever, I'll just let him let him sit and probably rot. I, I can't see myself going out to acquire this guy though right now. I, like, I, I think anybody that's holding on to him at this point is, is going to ride it. Yeah, and most likely what you're willing to pay, but would it may, maybe a third? Let's say nobody's going to move him for that at this point. Dan, a few weeks ago, you said, listen. My cousins, nephews, friends, neighbors, dogs, uh, walk, dog walkers. Yeah, uh, cousin, grandsons, yep. mother-in-law has some information here on Antonio Brown. Do you still believe that he is going to be a Seattle Seahawk? I am holding firm, and I, even Adam Schefter knows, as he reported today, that they, the Seahawks are closely monitoring AB's situation there. As and I'm Josh not- Gordon. And Josh Gordon, touche. You know, Gordon's still in the loop there. You know, that's to the story content there. Pete Carroll will win at any cost, all right? I, I think at this point for a short-term contract, uh, winning over character maybe, you know. And But but I'm curious, though, with Antonio Brown. I really am. Is there something mental illness going on? Or 
is it a character? I don't know. I would really be curious to hear a little bit more because we watched the, the months of drama just kept going one thing after the other. And that's just not normal behavior. And, you know, I'm not saying he was a choir boy or who knows what before, but we never saw that from Antonio Brown before. So I firmly believe he's on some kind of medication right now. And God bless him. I hope he's getting help and on the right path and doing well. And if he is, it's just a matter of, you know, I think Pete Carroll's words today, they're monitoring it closely. That, you know, is it going to be more than an eight-game suspension? There's a little talk of something beyond that. If it's only eight-game suspension and they know they could sign him, I think they're going to pounce and he's going to be a Seattle Seahawk this year and could help somebody down the stretch. The guy's an unbelievable receiver. You can't cover him. So in Dynasty, I'm either trying to unload him for a prospect I like. Give me a LaVisca Chenault or one of those guys we've talked to when we were talking rookies. Ooh, I would take that all day. Yeah, you know, or if I could get him for cheap, I'll, I'll take him for cheap too. So it's it's one or the other, but he's kind of fallen somewhere in between. I don't know what your guys' experience are, but I can't seem to get the LaVisca Chanel type prospect for him, and I can't seem to get him for anything less than less than that, which I won't give up. Yeah, I think two drink was spot on here. If you have him in any dynasty league, you're not going to get anything of value or consequence. So just hang on to him. Now, I, I was hoping. When we heard about the suspension, I was hoping, boom, it's going to be eight games. We're going to have clarity on the situation, and maybe that's going to lead a team to take a chance eventually, especially this season when, boom, we could be losing players left and right. But I I don't know. I think the word minimum there, that still could scare some teams off just because there is still no clarity. Mitch, Antonio Brown, any thoughts here before we move on? I just want to see him. I don't care about acquiring him till I see what team he's on. If he goes to a team with a really good head coach like Carroll or John Harbaugh, I'm all about it. But if he goes to an Adam Gase team, Matt Patricia, just anyone who does who isn't a really strong and proven head coach, I won't want any part of him at that point. I think we have to get a startup going after the opt-outs are all taken care of. So after Thursday, Thursday, Thursday at 4 o'clock, Mitch is on – Mountain time, so he said 2 o'clock, but we all know it's 4 o'clock. Weird. But (laughs) let's say we're going to start up next week, and Antonio Brown is not signed. Where would you feel comfortable taking him? And again, looking at it, uh, super flex, uh, typical scoring. 16th, 17th round, somewhere down there. Somewhere past all the guys, you know, Jameson Crowder's off, all those Corey Davis, those guys that have, you know, a little bit of talent. But then – when I'm just, I kind of know that guy. That's when I'll end up picking up Antonio Brown. Yeah, but we never get him there. Like, there's always yeah, somebody that right. snakes him before that point. Because that, that's where I would take him too. Like, when you, we all have our target guys that we want to get, and someone takes Brown before that happens. Yeah, it's just so much upside if he is mentally stable and he is signed and he is on the field. I mean, we saw him play for the Patriots one game last year. And they target him, what, like three or four plays in a row? And he found the end zone. I think that was against the Dolphins. One last thought of Antonio Brown here. And we could definitely come back to Miami if you like. No, you don't have to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Mitch, you mentioned that, you know, you want to see where he signs first. And that determines whether you like him or not. Like, we know Seattle's interested. We know Baltimore has interest. His cousin Marquise Brown's there. I think a guy like Antonio Brown, he's just not going to sign anywhere. If you put all your eggs in the basket now and say it's going to be Seattle or Baltimore, does that entice you to get them a little bit more? I mean, are, are you because if you wait until that time comes, it's too late. Someone's getting them. Right. He's joining at best week nine, right? So you're getting him right before the what will hopefully be the fantasy playoffs at that point. He's going to come in. That's his first week with the team. And all of a sudden he's going to be productive for you. 
when like I don't know when I'll ever feel comfortable putting him in my lineup. It might be week 11, 12 when I'm actually really fighting for a playoff spot. I don't know if I'll trust putting him in at that point. So I'm probably does, just going to stay away. Does he increase in value the closer we get to week nine then? Yes. I mean, is it yeah. is it worth to get yeah. now to even get somewhat of an increase as we get closer? Then you can decide if you want to unload it in week four or five or eight or you know what I mean? Or right before he comes back, if that's where it is. Trade it, you know, trade it week six for a player that you need right then because two players just went down for COVID. Let's just fingers crossed we get to them playing, you know what I mean, at that point. But turn it at that point because it's probably worth a little more than even it is now. But yeah, you are going to have to maybe for you guys reach reach a little bit on him and say a startup to to be able to hopefully pull that off. It's kind of similar to Kareem Hunt last year. We had to sit there through the suspension. And as the season progressed and we got closer to him coming back, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll ignore the whole Nick Chubb factor, but his value was increasing the closer we got to his return as opposed to week one or two where people might have been more willing to move him at a slight discount. So I, again, two drink, I think that's a really good point. And I think that's something that we could see. And Dan, I think you had one more thought here. Yeah, I think the, there's a lot of risk with Antonio Brown, but as far as you know, let, let's just say he, he keeps it together mentally. The only risk I think we really have is if there's a suspension on top of those eight games. And I think that's the only reason he hasn't signed yet, because I think Seattle need, or whoever needs to know before they pull that string. Says does something dumb inside that eight weeks and gets it extended as well. But if you're still sitting on that one, like I am, I have one in Dynasty. Do you do you think I should sell as soon as he signs with Seattle or Baltimore? or is it, Or do you want to ride it out then? Like, I, I, think I have one now. I'm not trying to get it. You know what I mean? He's sitting there. Right. I think it depends on your team makeup. I think that should, that's one aspect. Mm-hmm. But also, that might be the time to sell. Because last year, when he signed, when he, he went to New England, another window opened up. How many more opportunities are we going to get with this guy right. who and clearly just is not stable? Right. So I, I, I think we... if that window opens, you got to take what you can get, especially if there's any increase in value from today. Yeah, I, th- I think my want price is going to remain the same. I'm looking for that prospect I like. P- you know, pick whatever prospect any mm-hmm. one of our listeners likes. If I can't get him now, when he signs with Seattle, I'm going to ask for him then, and I'll probably get him then. And if I don't, then you know what? I'll give him week 9, 10, and 11 to get in shape and l- learn enough of the offense to help us down the stretch. And there's a good chance he's going to help somebody down the stretch. All right, we're going to move on here. I didn't think we were going to spend 15 minutes on Antonio Brown, but, <laughs> but, but it was I, in-depth discussion. I think a lot of good information looking at it from both sides. If you have him, if you don't have him, what you're looking to move and when you should be looking to acquire or sell if he does get signed to drink. LaShawn McCoy signed by the Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Buccaneers and I'm a little, See a little, a little overreaction. All of the Keyshawn Vaughn love. I mean, I, I was completely, I was deflated today. I, I messaged Mitch just to make sure he was okay whenever the signing took place. But to drink, I want to know your opinion on short term. And I, I don't think dynasty, there really is too much going on there. But what are your thoughts here with the LaShawn McCoy signing? Man, I know this is your show. I really wanted you guys to answer first. Mine's going to give it away. <laughs> I, uh, uh I love giving you guys shit in the in the group thread that we have, especially once I saw this. I I think it means absolutely nothing. I, I really do. I'm not worried about it at all. I, I wonder if it hurts maybe maybe the depth piece in like Agumba Wale if you were hoping something was gonna happen there. Maybe Shady is just enough touches away, you know what I mean? That that takes away whatever upside you thought might be there. Outside of that, is 
this was more fun giving you crap than it was something <laughs> I thought we need to worry about. And I, I was actually, I was a little busy whenever you were sending those messages. So I looked and I had like four messages back to back to back from you. And I'm like, what is he saying? And I don't think we necessarily gave you the reaction you were looking for. I think we just kind of gave you like the, the thumbs up or the, the laughing, crying face. That's but, kind of what I expected. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, we knew you were just trying to get our goat there. But Mitch, I, I don't think you have much to add because when you looked at the show notes initially, you had a one word response and it was exactly what two drinks said nothing. Yeah, you asked, like, does he have any fantasy implications? And no. I mean, he played one snap after week 14. One. That was when they were in the playoffs trying to win the Super Bowl. He had a single snap. He just doesn't bring anything anymore. He's a great depth piece to have there in case someone gets injured. But I have no issues. If you're a Ronald Jones guy, you should still be a Ronald Jones guy. If you're a Keyshawn guy, you should still be a Keyshawn. This shouldn't change your opinion on either of them at all. He didn't affect Damian Williams last year. I mean, yep, or Darren Thompson. <laughs> or right. I mean, initially he did more so than we would have liked because also Mitch and Lashawn McCoy is just ruining our lives because Mitch and I, we were Damian Williams fans too. It's like whoever when Mitch, Mitch is so upset he left the chat <laughs> here. But Dan, really quick, I think we could really replay what you said word for word when we had Field Yates on the show. Yeah, I mean, healthy scratch in the Super Bowl. He carries the ball like a loaf of bread. It drives me crazy. But I really tried hard, John. I did read your show notes tonight, and I'm thinking there's got to be somewhere in the Dynasty Theory universe a a LaShawn McCoy fan out there somewhere, someone on his roster. So just to give something different on this, I mean, I think it's a temporary hurdle. You know, maybe, you know, if you have Rojo or Keyshawn Vaughn, you've got to kind of monitor the situation for a couple weeks if you're streaming some guys. Um McCoy, you know, maybe now in a dynasty startup, I take him with my last pick, maybe. Uh, if he catches lightning in a bottle with Tampa, who's got a decent offensive line, and that, that offense is it's really starting to come around. But, I mean, the honest answer is no dynasty implications for me. But if he does catch lightning in a bottle, at the very least, maybe last very late in your draft, you just kind of take a flyer, which is now more I than d- he was a week ago. Right. So I, w- I, I want to give two varying opinions because I think there could be something here. And I want your opinion after I say it. But one, I do think to an extent it's going to negatively impact Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn in redraft for 2020. It was kind of a situation for redraft purposes. I was kind of avoiding anyway, despite my love of Keyshawn Vaughn. I think there is a negative impact for redraft purposes because I don't think he's going to come in and lead that backfield because you're seeing all the memes and everything. It's like, is this not a stacked team? And they're including LaShawn McCoy in every graphic. And I'm like, get him off of there. But I think he's going to be just annoying enough to steal some goal line work, to steal some touches. But then also, does this maybe negatively impact Keyshawn Vaughn and Ronald Jones from a dynasty perspective? Only because, yes, LaShawn McCoy is a depth piece, I think, at this point. But what if he does just enough that Keyshawn Vaughn and Ronald Jones can't really show out here in 2020, and then they look to go another direction in 2021? Is there any concern there? First, you, you got to like rapid fire five of these comments in our, our comment section. I'm trying to listen to you, JB, and these guys got me in stitches here with the Rojo comments and whatnot. J, but, J- uh, Mike says every time someone compliments <laughs> Rojo, an angel gets its wings. And then uh, Dingus here, there's plenty of wingless angels then. Well, angles, but we'll ignore the typo, Dingus. But anyway, Dan, what were you saying? Well, from a dynasty perspective, I think 
Mitch, you may have said it before. If you're a Rojo guy, you're a Rojo guy. If you're a Keyshawn Vaughn guy, you're a Keyshawn Vaughn guy. Um, you know, I, I agree with that. I don't think McCoy, if I'm a betting man, uh, maintains anything this year. But to your point, JB, if I'm in redraft, if I'm in DFS, or even in Dynasty in a flex situation earlier in the year, I'm kind of shying away from these guys with the three-headed monster there until it just plays itself out. I'll let it play itself out unless there's a reason otherwise. Like, you may have to worry about Shady on a couple weekly basis, but on the season whole, like, it's not going to look like it is what it feels like. Yep. Right, and Mitch and I, when we put together our projections, and that's one time, Mitch, because you said – you know, who's going to talk about, yep. is it going to be Dan talking about his dysfunction ratings or JB talking about the projection? So that's one. And I said that I would mention it more than Dan would, but we actually saw it being really close to a 50, 50 split in terms of the usage from Keyshawn Vaughn and Ronald Jones. And, you know, I think McCoy, like I said, he's going to be just annoying enough to take enough off of both of them, but still I, I'm avoiding in redraft and then dynasty. I just, I hope, Either one of them, Ronald Jones, Keyshawn Vaughn, preferably Keyshawn Vaughn, obviously. I hope he's able to do enough here to really take over in 2021. But we'll see what happens. Uh, Mitch, the next one here, our Jets, man. We yeah. were so high on Sam Darnold, and they're just kind of blowing I was. up. I so, was really high on him. Yeah. So Adam's gone. Brian Winner's cut signed by the bills. We'll get to him in a second. CJ Mosley on the defensive side of the ball. He holds out. What are our thoughts here? Just on the jets in general, because obviously there's a lot going on here. I want the pass catchers. You know, I want Crowder still. I want Herndon. I want, Oh, who is their Ryan Griffin? I'm good with him still. I don't want Sam Darnold anymore. If I could get his value now, I'm probably out on him. That offensive line, they're returning zero starters from, from last year. None. So they're all new. And I think a big thing with, with offensive lines this year is that cohesion from previous years is going to be huge because they're not going to have the practice time. So I don't want Le'Veon Bell. Like any piece of that offense I'm off of because I think there's a very strong possibility that they're going to end up being the worst team in the league. And I, I just... You know, I was high on him. I wanted Bell. I wanted, I drafted a whole bunch of Denzel Mims. And now I just don't want a, any part of him at all besides, you know, those couple pass catchers. I saw a tweet a few days ago and I scoffed at the idea. And I actually sent it to you, Mitch, in a DM. And I said, this is absurd. But the gist of it was that the Jets are going to play so poorly here in 2020. They're going to have a really early pick, probably first overall possibly. And who do they go with? Maybe Trevor Lawrence. And it's like, okay, so is Sam Darnold going to be Josh Rosen 2.0? Even though we loved him. We have mm -hmm. so many shares of him. Co-owned, individual leagues, we liked him a lot. But this is the second time, looking at our projections, he came in a lot lower than we thought, despite probably having a pretty negative, well, positive game script for the passing game. Two drink, any thoughts on the Jets? Or are you just like, I mean, I, I know they're in division there, so I don't want to get too touchy here. But what are your thoughts? <laughs> Fantasy wise, I don't, I don't care, right? Like, uh, I might be trying to buy Sam Darnold, right? I, if the defense is really taking that much of a hit, they're going to have to throw. I get the offensive line is bad, and I'm, I'm in on the pass catchers. I'm maybe even trying to warm up to, to pair him in a little bit in, in deeper leagues where you got to start, you know, three wide receivers and a couple flex spots, something like that. So, 
I don't think Gase is long for this job. I think Darnold outlasts him. I don't. I don't think this is a, a Trevor Lawrence coming there because Darnold is still crazy young. You know, he came in as as twenty years old. Um, so I, I think his talent is there, right? We've seen a guy like Tannehill uh, escape Gase and go on to produce crazy numbers in in a, in a you know a small season, and even Tannehill there was four thousand yards, you know, in, in three straight seasons under Gase. So if this defense is that bad with the pieces it's it's missing and, and the rest of those offenses are there, I think Sam's got 4,000-plus yards in him this year. I'll take that at a discount. Now, to drink, you don't think that they'd be going the Trevor Lawrence direction. What let, let just – and I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but a sign sure. of probability that, one, they do, in fact, get the first overall pick, but, two, they would go with Lawrence if they did get that pick. I mean, if they're one overall, then the, it, it'd be hard for them to move off of that. I think the Jags right now are the uh, Vegas odds at, at at the worst, uh, least amount of wins at four and a half. I think Jets are at five and a half or six, if I remember right. Um, the but Jets what, are an organization what, what, that, before, that, that... Was that before all these moves they just made? Probably not with those, those drops, sure. Yeah, that that that's that's sure a tough one. Obviously, you want to trade back and get as much as you can if you're in that. I, I say with the Jags, if you pick in the top five, you take a franchise quarterback. I'm in the camp that Sam Donald is that, you know, and, and Minshew isn't. Not to go off on a on a tangent that way, but um, yeah, sorry, sorry, Dan. <laughs> sorry, Minshew. <laughs> but I, I think I think Donald is young enough and, and is talented enough, but it would require a Gase, you know, probably move off. Right, if they finish with as the worst team in the league, if if you believe Gase is still there, then maybe they take Trevor Lawrence. Right, I, I would believe Gase would be gone at that point. I think one of two things happens, and I've said this multiple times: they either do well enough that Adam Gase is there in twenty twenty one, or they completely bought him out, and there's no way he comes back. Dan, last thoughts here. Either way, the, would keep Sam then. Exactly. Right. So I I really hope so. Dan, is there too much dysfunction here for you? Because it's this getting is, worse by the day. This is a great one. I Mitch said I could talk about the dysfunction and the O-line that I just recently broke down all the O-lines of the, in the NFL all in one here. My only – Jay, you've got a lot of good points tonight, man, but the only one I, I think I would disagree with is not Donald's talent because I agree with you there. He's a talented guy. But that 4,000 yards, I think he's going to be seeing ghosts all season unless there's a, a miracle on that O-line. The more I look at it, uh, you know, Makai Becton, I think they got themselves a foundational player at left tackle, but with no camp, it's going to take him some time. You're throwing that boy out to the Wolves. The right side of the line's really suspect, and then you lose Winter, so now you don't have depth if you get any injuries there. Uh, between the O-line questions, like the receivers, I see where you're going with it, Jay, but I mean, we're still talking about Brashard Perryman and Jamison Crowder, who hasn't stayed healthy. I mean, you're putting a lot on these receivers I think he's in for a long season, Darnold. I do see Gase getting fired. I see him getting the number one pick, and I see him trading it for a boatload there because I don't see how he could give up on Sam Darnold. They could put themselves in a beautiful rebuild situation with the number ones they just got and what they could get for that number one pick next year because when Mosley, just to be specific there, JB, he opted out, not holding out. I don't want anyone, any of our listeners to have hopes that he might come back. He opted out for this season. Right, and um, I, I, I misspoke there. Yeah, he, that's that's a big blow to that defense there. So this team's in for a lot of hurt. Whether whether they want to throw a lot or not, they're going to have to, right? If they're down, they can't just turn around and, and hand it to Lev a bunch of times. 
How do you guys feel about Denzel Mims? Because obviously, uh, trying to speak for Donald here, I've been lower on Mims than it seems like the consensus. So where are you guys at with with Mims? I, I know it's tough rookie and the COVID year, but just his talent and maybe how he fits into this team because we're going to need that third guy. I don't necessarily believe in the tight ends that are there. So I, I'm going to need another player to step up. Do you guys have any thoughts on Mims that, are, that would help that? I'm actually completely on board with your thought on the tight ends because when you look at Adam Gase and his offenses historically, they don't utilize the tight end. Shameless plug, I just submitted an article to Fantasy Pros today. Oh, boy. I may or may not have knocked Chris Herndon down several pegs, which I know people don't like. So, two drink, I knew I liked you for a reason. But, you know, I do like Denzel Mims. They're going to need that third option. They're going to have to run, I would think, a lot of 11 personnel with the negative game scripts, I'm not sold on Brashad Perryman. I love Jamison Crowder, but mm-hmm. they're going to need another receiver to step up. And I really do believe that could be Denzel Mims. Is there going to be a learning curve? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've talked about it how many times, not just on this show, but everybody's talking about the learning curve specifically this off season with everything going on. But I do like Denzel Mims. Dan, do you have any thoughts there? And just for the record real quick, I, I'm not ignoring Mitch. He messaged us. He said his his kid's having a meltdown now, so he's going to stay on mute for the time being. <laughs> we got you, Mitch. We got you. You know, I think the third weapon, I don't know if one of our listeners in the comment section there could look up the name of their punter. I think it's going to be their punter. I think it's going to be a lot of three and outs for the New York Jets this season. <laughs> but, uh, but I, you know, I, I, I like all those receivers. I just think they're in a really tough situation. I think it's going to take Mims time. And if, if Sammy Darnold doesn't have enough time to, you know, look for Mims, if he's not getting open quick enough, uh, I don't know. I mean, he's a good rookie pick. I, I think you hang on to him. The, the future's bright, but they got to fix this mess first. Yeah, and you and Dan, you you talked about it. Not only the picks that they were able to acquire in that deal, but they also, let's say that first is super early and you can trade back and acquire additional draft capital. I do think that they are possibly in a very good situation for a rebuild to kind of mirror one of their division foes in Miami. Which I think they're doing. They, despite the the jabs I was throwing to drink, I do think they're doing a tremendous job. Uh, you know, under, I like where uh, it's going. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Last point on that is Joe Douglas. He's got a good track record as a GM. I think if he could bring it, hopefully he takes this time to say this is not our head coach for the future. Brings in a guy that can be the head coach of the future. You got yourself a franchise quarterback and a lot of draft picks. Spend a little money in free agency on the line. The future could be bright if they get the right person in there. Yeah, trade that early for two, and then your, you know, your other first you have from Seattle too. So you have three firsts and build around plus Darnold, right? You're not using it on a quarterback and two picks like Miami did this year, right? You already have that quarterback in place, and then can put three pieces around him. That team could turn around pretty quickly. I mean, as much as it looks like, I think it's still an open division. You know what I mean? I, oh, you stole the words right out of my mouth. Despite my love for Buffalo and Josh Allen, that is an open division, especially with half of the Patriots opting mm-hmm. out here. But yeah, so I, I think there's definitely some interesting things to look at there with the Jets. Now, we've talked about suspensions, holdouts, opt-out signings. There is some relevant injury information that came out this week. And to drink, I want your opinion on the first one here, another soft tissue issue, T.Y. Hilton. What are your thoughts here? You know, short term, long term, as long as that might be for him. Um, I feel like I don't have to pay as much as he will give me back in fantasy points. If he's healthy, if he can be on the field. Right. He's he's their wide receiver one this year. 
I don't know how much the gap is between the next guy that's there, but I know that he's the one. Yeah. Yeah. And you if can you're... tell me Campbell, you can tell me Pittman, you can tell me whatever, but I know that TY is still the one. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if there's going to be much debate there as long as TY is healthy, but it just seems like these, you know, the, the hamstring, you look at his injury history and that hamstring, it's popping up quite often and periodically throughout different seasons. Dan, I know you have a lot of win now-ish teams. Is T.Y. Hilton potentially somebody you could acquire him for really nothing at this point, I would think? The hard part for me is I've acquired myself some Hilton going into the season <laughs> with that win now mentality. And uh, it, it pains my heart here that I've got to watch this closely and proceed with caution this early in the game is, is it does worry me about him uh, I've been a Hilton homer for a while so I'm, I'm a pulling for this guy if, you know like Jay said he is their number one wide receiver I think Indianapolis has got an excellent team they're gonna have a great season but they need to stay healthy and it starts with him uh, so right now with him I'm proceeding with caution I would buy him at the price Jason's talking about you know you can get more production than you know what you'd have to pay for him but now I'm also to the point here where I would sell in a heartbeat also if the price is right, but that might not be easy. No, Wait especially right now. Is that is that right? I don't, that? You, I don't know if you could get that today, though, just because of No, how... I just gave it to Dan. Oh, was that oh, a you're second? giving it to Dan. Mid-second. My team's meh. It's in the middle. I would it depends what my receiver depth is on, my, on the roster I'm trading. Could be enough. It could be enough if – if I'm loaded a you know receiver and I, I don't want to hold on to him too long, but I'd rather have, an early, early second late first. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think I don't think you're getting a first right now, though. Yeah, I think that's no. it. I have a lot of Rivers Hilton stacks that that could that could really hurt or could could turn out really well this year. I know it's stupid. It obviously could go either way, but I feel like that's one extreme or the other this year because I think both have to, both will do well or both won't. Here, I'm going to do my quick impression of Dan. All right, Jay, listen here. I'll sell T.Y. Hilton, but I'm going to need a first, your firstborn <laughs> child, maybe a brand new car if you want to take care of my mortgage for the next six months. But that's all. That's all I need. It's the art of the deal, Jay. I got to start high and then, you know, work the trade down. That There's part of, there's a method to my madness. And I think one of our commenters mentioned there, uh, you know, does Paris uh, Campbell fit Rivers slot tendencies? The only stereotype I get away from Rivers a little bit this year is he's going to have a lot of time that he didn't have with the Chargers. You know, his wet noodle, I, I, it was painful to watch him last year, but he didn't have much time. I, I think we talked about one of our last episodes, John. You know, yes. just he might have one more year you squeeze out of him with that offensive line. He's going to have time to sit back and throw a little bit, and he's smart enough to make the right reads and find the open guy. Yeah, there's certainly some options there for him. I still think Jack Doyle could be something this year, I hope. so. In, Campbell uh, over Pittman? Yeah, especially – yeah, absolutely. There was so Dynasty. much hype around Mr. Campbell last year. Uh, Dynasty, you don't have yeah, to pay yeah. for it, but what, what you get, yeah. Yeah, no, I I think I'll still take Campbell. There was, okay. I mean, the, the hype around Pittman this year, there was more hype last year at this time around Campbell, but the injuries, again, they just started popping up again. I'm big on Pittman, though, so that's the only thing. Dynasty, Jay, I'm give me Michael Pittman all day. I, don't, what, I, don't, I think I can get Campbell plus right? Especially coming from the same team for Pittman. And I think I would do that because even if it's close, I'm getting the plus. And, and if I feel like Campbell's even a little more, then I just got, I, I just got a big old cherry on top. Yeah. yeah give that's me the, the plus difference. for sure. But I'm, but I'm less on Pittman too. So, I mean, that kind of comes into play. 
Yeah, that's one of the gaps, and we always talk about it on here in perceived versus actual value. Right. Where I I would be shocked if you could even as little as it might be a third. You know, Campbell and a third for Pittman sure. or whatever it is. I think you could get something on there. And then before we move on, we had a comment. Don't forget Burton. I think we all remembered him. And j- that's the issue. We remember what he did in Chicago. We're getting sidetracked here. But do you guys like Trey Burton all here in 2020? Oh, like Dango. I like Burton. I like Burton as much as I like Mo Alley Cox. I'll watch that one. You know, maybe in the deepest of rosters, there might be a flyer on either of those boys. But in general, no. I have zero shares of Trey Burton. So that's probably the, the more honest answer. I I love Trey personally, right? I'm a I'm down here in Florida. I'm a I'm a Gator. Trey was a Gator. I've I've loved to watch him, right? So I, I have a, a personal attachment to him. Two tight end leagues, you know, in a deep bench. I I definitely still have some Trey Burton, 100. Uh, percent you? I get the Frank Reich back, you know, th- them together. O- okay, cool. Uh, I can't sell him. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm I'm probably just sitting and, and hoping there's a game that Jack Doyle gets hurt because that's what Jack Doyle does. And then I can get something from Trey Burton. Are you a I'm Gators not, fan, Jason? A hundred percent. I'm a Georgia Bulldog fan, man. We're going to talk during the season. All right. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> Sorry, John. End the show. I'm, I'm glad we waited until 48 minutes and not in the pre-show DM because that would have been a lot more fun, but right. personal. Yeah. Yeah, and I I live here in Pittsburgh, so being a Pitt Panthers fan, uh, needless that to say, I'm count, bro. yeah, I'm not really <laughs> that into college football for from a fan perspective, and I can blame my Pitt Panthers That's just when I started to like Dan. <laughs> Trust I have me. that effect on people. Cowboy, <laughs> Bulldogs. I've seen that. <laughs> no, Dan is very likable when you first get to know him, but if you stick around long enough, oh man, it gets brutal. The more and more. Um, well, it only you, took like, me 48 minutes. <laughs> it, it, it's taken me about a year and a half, so you're better off than I am to drink. All right, three guys landed on the pup that I want to talk about, and we can lump them all together. And I just want to know, one, up or down in terms of dynasty value, but short-term dynasty value. So the short-term implications, obviously, they play a role in dynasty value. So is there any change in dynasty value for you? But then also, what impact is this going to have on the rest of the team? Or everybody saw these coming from a mile away. There should be no change. So, Dan, let's start with you. Jarvis Landry, Rashad Penny, Sony Michelle, they're all on the pup right now. What are your thoughts on all three of them? Not a lot of change, you know, at least for me personally. I know that there's probably some more Jarvis Landry uh, fans out there that like him on the roster. You, you remember those, you know, he could be a PPR machine. Uh, but I don't have the dynasty shares of him. I'm worried he doesn't really get started either this year or gets off to a slow start. Uh, it's not not the season, not the year that I want a guy, you know, dinged up going into the year. So I have no interest in Landry. Sony, I'm not a even though he's a Georgia Bulldog fan, as we were talking about the dogs, I'm just not feeling Sony in the NFL right now. Um, the only Sony, you know, takes I have are I want the New England running back situation. Uh, but to me, more than anything, my uh, Damian Harris stocks just just rose even more as the window keeps getting open for him to steal that job. So I, I like Damian based on the Sony news and Rashard Penny. JB, you know, we're Chris Carson boys, pal. So, uh, you know, when Carlos hide in there, I, I'm, Penny's an afterthought to me. See, I don't know if I'm going to line up here with what Kyle says, bum one, bum two, bum three. But I honestly <laughs> I don't think it's changing anything. This was kind of expected for all three of them, right? Jarvis Landry, 
There, there have been reports, and we're still almost five weeks away from the first fun, the first fun day, Sunday fun days on the brain, the first Sunday of the season that a lot could change. And these guys, there could be really minimal overlap. So I don't think there's much changing here for me, whether we're talking about their specific value or the value of the players around them. To drink anything different there, and Mitch, real quick, sorry, to drink. Mitch is finally back. What's going on, buddy? Yeah. Hey, what's up? So this little guy, as most people know, has autism. So he will have meltdowns sometimes. It's all kids with autism have them. And so when it happens, you just have to stop what you're doing and help him out. And now he's all happy. You want to come and say hi. Can you say hi, bud? You don't want to? Okay. So yeah, so that's why I'm getting off the show tonight. I got to go help out with him. But thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. See, and that analysis from his son was actually better, I think, than we heard from Mitch all year. <laughs> but I'm, I'm we, just we started him young on Dynasty Theory. We got him in the farm system, so that's Mitch's nice. replacement a few years from now. Yep. Uh, two drink. Any thoughts there to wrap up the show here on those three guys? No, I mean Landry. I definitely expected it. Um, uh, it sounds mean. I I stopped caring about Rashad Penny uh, a while ago, so that one didn't didn't bother me at all. The Sony one, although I I had heard rumblings of it, maybe I just didn't want to believe it. And I, I actually made a trade for Sony, uh, was that, like 10, 10 days ago. Um, so that that one definitely stings a little bit today. Um, I even said, because this was with my boy Swags, uh, this was in uh, the Breakdown League here. And I actually, I told him before, I said, I don't really want to trade for Sony right now. I have Damon Harris already. Right, so that's kind of when I, I get him. But I was like, I don't want to, tr- I don't want to trade for him right now because if he goes on a pup, I'm not have to pay as much. But as as Swags tends to do to me, he just keeps keeps going at me. And I was like, you know what? I have plenty of depth. I'll just do it. And make sure I cover my bases here in New England because Sony is the guy to me. Right, like if he's healthy it, with Cam News, I had a little spike up. Um, so this trade's gonna hurt a little bit, especially now. But I gave Preston in a second for Sony in a third. Most people thought the players were straight up as a Dolphins fan. And especially now I get news at Preston's back to football activities. That feels great. So I get double hit both sides. You're welcome. That feels amazing. Um, man, that one sucks. JJB, I got I to gotta throw the first challenge flag. Oh, on the, shit. The first time yes. in the history on a guest. I've never thrown this. Perfect. Nope. I'm glad I'm the dude. The dynasty theory. Throw it. it. This ranks up there with JB saying he's a Steelers fan and having five non-Steelers jerseys behind him. You are a Dolphins fan, and you traded a potential number one receiver. And we know in dynasty, receivers last a lot longer than running backs. For a Georgia Bulldog, a being, a, yep. being a Florida Gator fan, you help me here. I'm struggling with. Okay, this. okay. So Dan, Dan, I've said there's there should, should no fandom when it comes to fantasy football. There's a top priority and it's winning, and that's two drinks mentality. So right, so Sony, yes, I'm a hardcore Florida Gator fan, right? And and maybe that's why I watch SEC games a little harder. I loved Sony Michelle as a as a talent, right? I hated I hated him. For every cocktail bowl that we had, right? The end of October, early November, every time he played us, because he was a stud. But I got to watch him even more in depth there to where his rookie year, he was my RB2, right? He he was right there. He was my RB2 that year in front of Geis, where everybody was like, nope, Geis was there, right? He was my RB2 there. It even goes like Dalvin Cook was my RB1 the year he came out. That's a Florida State guy. Like, I shouldn't like that guy, right? Like, it doesn't come down to fan at that point. 
it's talent and what I see in that player at the next level. I can root all day for any college player at the next level in the NFL if it helps my fantasy team. I'm going to have a little soft spot for Gators at the next level, sure, but talent-wise, still outweighs that when it you know when it comes to my dynasty team or or doing you know rookie rankings or anything like that. And Dan, that's how you should do it. I so will you still take- buy some Sony now, even though I agree with Stepmon Lauren that if it's redraft, James White's the only player I really want to get. I, I I would love for it to be Damon Harris. And and we still have to make sure Rex makes the team, right? But I right. think you might want some Rex more than you want Damon Harris even. Now, here's my thing with Damien Oof. Harris. So, again, I don't see a real change in value here because there have been talks and there's been speculation that Sony would land on the pup here. But if Damien Harris, let's say he gets the opportunity to be the lead back in that backfield to start the season with what we expect from Cam Newton to kind of open things up for that running game, with his ability to run uh, himself, maybe Damien Harris never relinquishes that starting role. And I do think that's a possibility, especially with what we've seen from Sonny Michelle to drink, cover your ears. It was horrible last year. And I actually, I wanted to invest in Sony last year. I thought he was going to have a really solid season. I thought he was a tremendous value in redraft and dynasty. And it really didn't play out that way. And then you throw in the degenerative knee issues I think it's going to get worse before it gets better if it ever does get better. So I do think that Damien Harris is the better buy. But at this point in time, I think it's going to be really tough just because of the recency bias. This news comes out. I don't know if you're going to get Damien Harris from a current owner at a reasonable price. That That's my thing. And Much Dan, more I know expensive you- than Rex Berkman right now. That, that's all. That's all oh, I'm saying oh, that way. Oh, a- absolutely. Yeah. I, um, and probably even more expensive by, at times than James White. Everybody, James White's that guy that everybody loves to hate. You know, I, I think people are still sleeping on him, and it's going to be interesting to see the dynamic between the scheme and what Cam Newton wants to do in his tendencies. So that's going to be interesting. Dan, any final thoughts on Sony? I know you like Damian for a while now. Yeah, two, two thoughts there. One, I think it was years ago I heard Evan Silva say Patriots running backs win championships. And, and I, normally I love the bell cow guys. You know that, JB. And I don't like these committees. But grab all the Patriots backs. I, I still kind of believe that. You just got to know when to play them and monitor the situations. With Sony, I, I see Kyle Bannon commented that uh, he looked, you know, like a fantastic prospect. And that's the toughest thing, Jay. I'm, you know, I remember that Alabama game, his last game. Man, he was looking explosive. And I'm thinking – you know what? This kid's a late bloomer as far as he's he's looking better every year and with every game. And New England he was the pass catcher at Georgia too. Like to ch- you know what I mean? Like and then he doesn't do that now. I don't get it. That he that sounds a lot. Do that, role. that sounds a lot like Mr. Josh so, Jacobs. Yeah, something something hasn't translated to the NFL. I mean, he's been like safe and he's had little bursts of okay run, but I am not seeing that guy I saw at the University of Georgia with the New England That's Patriots. Fair. Now we have another injury, and it's just how much could this guy's body take? So uh, I still like him, but Preston Williams. We're going to have to have a talk again. So, all right, and and that's fair if we go back to that one real quick, right? And in, in the second that I gave up to get a third back is stupid. I mean, let's be honest, right? That's just what it is. Preston <laughs> Williams, even on my on, on that team, it is a bye week fill-in at best. And that's it. And that's I can start. I usually start five or six wide receivers on that team. That's just how I build most of my dynasties are super mm-hmm. wide receiver heavy, right? So I felt like I it, Sony would have ended up being like my RB two. 
So it, it felt good, like making it where I'm actually improving my starting lineup in my head, obviously before this, right? So that's why I make a move like that. Value-wise, I probably gave up a couple of points, especially now, 10 days later, I ate it, right? So that's one of those things right now, and I don't even remember if it was on the show sheet when I looked at it, but it feels like it kind of was. Are you guys trying to trade right now? Because I feel like right now I'm just in purgatory. I don't want to touch anything because as soon as I trade for something, it's going to shit or opting out or getting COVID. You know what I mean? As soon as I trade away something, that dude now just had two people in front of him drop out, and now he's getting 90% of the snaps is what Twitter tells me. So holy shit. It's not even about making a, a misstep and acquiring a player that then opts out or gets COVID or whatever the situation is. I just really haven't been, and I think this is kind of league-wide and across my entire dynasty portfolio, people have just been really quiet and inactive lately. And I think that comes with the concern with, well, I mean, Dan, Mitch, and Two Drink, you guys are, you're guaranteeing a full season, so there's no issue there. But people I like me- I don't want to think otherwise. I don't want to think otherwise, too, because this you is all did. I, this is, this is my only hobby. And if there right. is no, if there's no true. football this year- my wife might murder me because I, I can get a tad bit obnoxious at times. I can admit that. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, and Dan's like, yes, yes. There, there will be a watch out party for John Bauer if there is no season because he has invested a lot in dynasties. And without that return on investment for his wife at the end of the year, will, I'll be checking on you come Christmas time, buddy. But you don't lose any of those. It just gets pushed a year. So, right, right. That's going to be John's sales just, pitch back to you just the gotta wait longer, hun. Just wait. I promise it's coming. It's in the no, mail. True drink. <laughs> I'm I'm right on board with you. I just for different reasons, I just haven't made moves. And it is because of that concern that we don't know what we're gonna get here in 2020. I, th- I think you have faith, guys. You know, I, I definitely hear your concern there where you do gotta be careful. You're worried about guys getting COVID. I think it's a good time to have some extra depth on your rosters, but don't hit the panic button. You know, I said, I'm looking for those healthy guys. Stick to our plan. Stick to our formulas. The NFL is kicking up. It's going to be here soon. Just don't right. trade Preston Williams for Sony Michelle. But I do like the <laughs> running, I do I do like the running back thought there. So I am with you. We talked how bad that position could get. I'm but, usually right. glass half full. Everything I have is gone. And Mitch, Mitch made it back just in time. We're going to get ready for the What's final thoughts. Start it over. Okay. Yeah, we're we're just going to rerun this whole show. Let's start. Over. Um, <laughs> Let's go. But seriously, too, Drink, I know obviously we talked about what's going on down there in Florida and just the weather concerns, and I hope you stay safe. But I really appreciate Bro, you jumped out, dude. I'm stoked. I know. Knock on wood there. But I really appreciate that you were right able <laughs> that you were able to make it on the show and no power issues, nothing like that. So, again, thank you. And tell our listeners where to find you. I think everybody in this chat, they're here for you anyway. But let's pretend like they don't know where to find you, tell them about your podcast and anything else you're working on. Look, the chat was lit as fuck, so I might appreciate everybody that came in. That was dope. Um, I'm at fl 2 when I'm on Twitter. You can find me. I am one of the hosts at Fantasy Football Breakdown. Store Envy, one of those things, right? It's something like that. You can find that shit. Um, also, Super Flex Pod at Super Flexible. Um, nope, at Super Flex Pod. I had it right the first time. <laughs> the shows are Kind of different. I do both of them with my boy at Swag- Swagzilla Zero G. Um, I, I try to keep them as different as we can. Obviously, mm-hmm. one is super flex based. One is just 
really whatever we want it to be. Like we rarely go in with a show sheet on, on breakdown and just figure it out as we go. So I love bringing in guests there and just seeing where everybody's mind is. Um, if, if I can have just a second for a little shameless plug, I'll take, I'll take, uh, it's about that time. BFTG charities is, is the charity I'm part of that we do toys for tots. Last year we raised uh, just over $6,600. We have a couple of leagues left that are out here. And honestly, if we get these done, we will be close to 10 grand for this year. Each year we try to do just a little bit more. So, um, uh, we, we still have a Jerry Judy startup dynasty. We still have a Michael Thomas, a Kenny Galladay, a DJ Moore, and Chris Godwin. And when I say that, that means we have items for pristine auction, either a jersey, a football, or a signed helmet, all legit, um, all between like 40 bucks And I think Michael Thomas ball is $75. That's one that was donated to us from Sleeper Wire. So if you want to hit up at BFTG pod, and get in one of those, that would be awesome. We we actually go and buy the toys and bring them to the local Toys for Tots unit. So Rogers Buck, my dude, yes, he is in one of those. Yes, Fusion. I love the chat. It's lit. We might get to 10K this year. That's going to be dope. So uh, much appreciated. Give a little bit, give a lot, whatever you can. This is a tough year for everybody, right? And I can only imagine come Christmas time, it's going to be even tougher for those kids. So every little bit helps. Help us out. I'll, you know, I'll shout you out. Hit me up in the DMs. We can talk about whatever you want to. Fantasy football or just life. Like that would be dope. Two drink that's appreciate awesome, y'all baby. for coming so much, man. This is this has been fun. Yeah, absolutely. And again, um, you know, that's absolutely incredible doing the stuff with Toys for Tots and, and what you guys are doing over there. So keep up the great work. And I might have to jump in one of those charity leagues because I think I have room. I could shift some things over. So when I, I see take three the- on top, two on bottom. So if you just shift those, like we could fit one. Yeah, I'm we sure can you have more of the in the back, though. I've heard. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll make it work. I actually have a stockpile of jerseys. I'm just right? going to rotate them every week. But um, again, to drink, thank you so much for joining us. Much and love, brothers. Guys, Dan, Mitch, Mitch jumping on just in time for final thoughts. And Mitch, we're going to start with you. I actually had a different final thought, of course. This episode went a little bit off track for me. So, But what I was going to mention with my son on before he got really upset is you might end up seeing you know, a kid melting down in the middle of Walmart, right? And it could happen. And more and more, and more you'll find out the kid might have autism. And what happens is they get so overstimulated, their body doesn't know how to regulate. And so it just goes and goes and there's no real way to stop it except for you just get them you hold them as tight as you can and then after a little while they just slowly start to calm down some kids you know have sensory issues and that doesn't help them but so that's just the big thing my only thing is when you see kids having issues more than likely it's not just you know they're an unruly kid who doesn't want to listen they actually can't self-regulate and so that's why i had to leave came back you know he's asleep now and he's good but, you know, it's just what happens in life. Listen, he really just wanted to make an appearance on Dynasty of Theory. Course. He's like, listen, this is what I have to do to get dad to bring me in there. He knows what he's doing. He's like, that, that, now he's a legend. He's a superstar. He can tell all he his friends he's on Dynasty here, Let's be honest. <laughs> right, right, right. He's like, where's that two drink guy? But no, Mitch, I, that, that's great information and I people to be aware of. Dan, final thoughts. 
my final thoughts, man, this show's been a roller coaster. I was kind of tired going into the night. Then obviously we had a very entertaining and knowledgeable guest here and, and, and two drink who got me all pumped up and going. And then at the end of the show, two drink Tay throws a curveball and talks about all this charity for kids. And, and Mitch is bleeding from the heart there with this, this story. And God bless you, Mitch. I worked with autistic kids before and in a matter of respect. So you, you, now I got to get back pumped up again here is i have nothing sentimental so i apologize to our listeners you know, <laughs> my final thoughts are nowhere as kind-hearted as mitch and jason's but guys hey the, if anyone could pull off the xfl it is the rock believe the xfl is back i'll be we'll be talking about that more in dynasty theory in the future even though jb is going to be shaking his head great week with the rock dfs talks picking up here the nfl is going to be fine everybody stay positive and uh, have a great night let's go jb we should do a double header tonight. I'm ready for another show almost there. Yeah, that's fine. But we're not going to talk about XFL. We're not going to talk about DFS. <laughs> you can get that crap and take it somewhere else. I got some whiskey Bye. in the cabinet. Let's do it. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I like where two drinks head is at. I think now he is 12 drink, maybe? Six. Six. Okay. So not too bad. But we're getting there. Anyway, two drink, thank you. And I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Be safe. Be kind to each other and have a good night.